0: Yo, 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 good evening and happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 185 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your gracious and I'm host, Gabe, and thank you again for listening. Hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Now well, we're back again with another football preview, Friday's episode, as I'll do a recap on the um, Thanksgiving games. And I'll g- tell you what I believe are the best games of week 12 in the NFL, my takes, analysis, and predictions, along with what I believe are the best games of week 13 in college football, the same takes, analysis, and predictions coming up on the other side. Stay tuned. All right, now without further ado, let's get episode 195 started. Well, I'm going to start my opening takes, of course, in the NFL. We're gonna start off with a recap of the Thursday um, Thanksgiving games and the Friday Black Friday game. We'll start off with Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers. Now there was a, there was a lot riding. The Lions were riding high going, coming in this game. You figured they finally there's a Thanksgiving game that you could finally watch, where the Lions are good. But the Packers had other ideas. As the Packers came out, and I mean basically popped up, um, the Lions in the mouth. And never looked back. They jumped out to a 20-6 lead in the first quarter. Shut the Lions out in the second quarter. The Lions didn't make a, um, a push, but their defense was not able to stop the Packers. So the Packers held on to win this game 29-22. Jordan Love probably had one of his best games as a pro. I mean, last week he put up 300-plus yards. In this game, he put up 268 yards on 22 of 32 passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 39 yards rushing. A.J. Dillon had 43 yards, so not much in the running game. Christian Watson, 94 yards, one TD. On the other side, on the Lions, um, Goff had 332 yards, two touchdowns. Montgomery had 71 yards and a touchdown. Jamar Gibbs, 54 yards. Amon Ra St. Brown, 95 yards. Khalif Raymond, 90 yards. The, the thing that was interesting about this game was the fact that there were so many fourth down calls where both teams were actually going for it, particularly Detroit. So that I ain't seen that many um, fourth down calls, you know, in a game in quite some time. Of course, the Lions... Failed on just about every one of their um, fourth down plays, so there was there were some turnover on downs throughout. For the for the, the for the Packers, they're now five and six. They still have a, they're still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Of course, a lot's gonna have to go their way the rest of the way, but it seems like Jordan Love seems to be um, telling the front office, you, "You're giving me ten games to show what I can do. Let me show you." And he's come through. Now this is their second win in a row, but the rest of the rest of their schedule looks like this. The Chiefs, that's gonna be tough. Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, and Bears. So it's gonna be interesting to see if they can pull off some of these wins and maybe sneak in the playoffs. As for the Lions, the only thing this loss does for them is it knocks them third. In the NFC as far as, you know, getting that number one spot. With home field advantage throughout the playoffs, there's still a chance. But they're going to have to win the rest of the way and hope some things go, you know, their, their way as well. Boy, other teams, maybe the Philadelphias and my, my Niners. Here's what the Lions have coming up. They have the Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys and Vikings again. So not, especially those last three games are not going to be easy. I would even say fourth if you count um, Broncos, knowing that they've seemed to um, got their um, foot setting. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Lions do going forward. Now let's move on to the Cowboys versus the Washington Redskins. Ain't much really to say here. I mean, this was a total rout. The Cowboys basically destroyed the Washington Commanders 45-10. to Dak Prescott, 331 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Tony Pollard at 79 yards, rushing in a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, 72 yards in a TD. CeeDee Lamb, 53 yards in a TD. And, of course, um... On the defensive side of the ball, Deron Bland had his fifth pick six of the year. And that's that's the most by by a player in NFL history. He's got more touchdowns than a lot of receivers and tight ends. And he's playing on the defensive side of the ball. In a losing effort, Sam Howell, 300 yards, no touchdowns and interception. Brian Robinson, 53 yards. Anthony Gibson, 21 yards. Curtis Samuel, 100 yards. Jahan Dotson, 52 yards. And McLellan, 50 yards. For the Cowboys, they seem to be on a roll. I mean, Dak Prescott has been putting up some big numbers lately. And CeeDee Lamb, even though he didn't have a great game, I mean, he was balling out prior prior to this game. But, you know, they didn't really need him. They didn't really need him. So for the um, Cowboys, it gets a little bit tougher. So now that they've they've, they've, they've won three in a row, let's see what they do with with the remaining schedule. They have the Seahawks on Thursday night, the Eagles after that, the Buffalo Bills, the Dolphins, the Lions, and then one more with the Commanders. So not an easy schedule for the Cowboys. We're going to see what they're really made of If they're they're, they're a Super Bowl contending team that some think that they are. As for the Washington Commanders, it's just downhill from there. After this game, Riverboat Ron Rivera fired his defensive coordinator, Jack Rio. You know what? I believe that there's a chance that he's going to be falling right out the door. It's just going to be a few weeks later. Because Ron Rivera has not had but maybe one winning season in a in a long time, and he's only carried the Washington Commanders to to the playoffs I think only one time during his tenure. They got new ownership, new GM, so they're not obligated to keep Ron Rivera going forward. And there's a good, and I believe there's a good chance that the way the season is going, we're gonna be looking, f- we're gonna have a new coach in um the Commanders. Could be Eric Bieniemy, who knows. anyway let's move on now to the seattle seahawks taking on my san francisco 49ers in the night game basically total domination by my niners as they won this game 31 to 13 the only touchdown the seahawks had was a tip pass from brock purdy that turned into a pick six for the seahawks after that the Niners defense played lights out not only just in the front seven but the secondary and kudos to my man Javarius my man, Ward he held D.K. Lockett D.K. Metcalf to 32 yards receiving Lockett only had 30 yards receiving so it's not just him but kudos to Chavarius Ward, Ambry Thomas and the rest of the secondary for holding it down and even the rookie Jair Brown who had his first start in place of um, Ty Longo Dufunko, who tore his ACL last week. Brock Purdy didn't have a great game, but pretty decent. 20 of 30, 209 yards, a touchdown, and that one bad interception. Christian McCaffrey had 114 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Elijah Mitchell, 39 yards. Glad to see he got in the game and at least got 40 yards. You know, Coach Shanahan has to learn how to you know, manage McCaffrey playing all the time because he he needs to be fresh for the playoffs. Debo Samuel had 79 yards, but he also had 15 yards rushing and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk had 50. He didn't do much in this game, but he made the knockout punch touchdown catch in the fourth quarter. That put the Niners up 31 to 13, and that was the final score. He had two catches for 50 yards. Chris McCaffrey 25 yards. Kittle didn't do much in this game, just 19 yards. But it was a Debo type of game in this one. For the Seahawks, Geno Smith had 180 yards and one interception. They didn't get much in the running game. Um, Zach Kobernet. At 47 yards rushing. Kino Smith at 21 yards. Now, the leading receiver was um Jackson Smith, naja, Naga Baged, whatever. I sorry if I mispronounced his name. He was a receiver from Ohio State at 41 yards. For my Niners, they're 8-3. And, and now They get three days of rest before their big showdown next week versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And that game could determine whether they can get the number one spot and get that first round bye throughout the playoffs. We all know when everybody's healthy, this team is hard to beat. For the Seahawks, they're not completely out of it yet. But the chance of them winning the um, NFC West Division has gone down tremendously. Now that they're, down, they're they're behind the Niners by three games, and now this game against the Cowboys coming up this Thursday is going to be a very important game for them because they're on they're on the cuffs right now of the playoffs. And they got one they they got one of the spots held down for right now, but a loss on Thursday and they're going to be they're going to be knocked down to being in the hunt. All right, let's move on to the Black Friday game, which was the Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins pulled away from this game, 34-13. As usual, the Jets have no offense. Their quarterback um, situation is equally as bad, even with um, Tim Boyle at quarterback. The Dolphins, Tua Tung- Tangabaloa had 243 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Raheem Moserati, 94 yards and two touchdowns. Jalen Waddle, 114 yards. Tyreek Hill, 102 yards. Tim Boyle, he only had 179 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Brees Hall had 25 yards. As a team, they only rushed for 29 yards, and that's a bad sign. Garrett Wilson, 44 yards and a touchdown. Brees Hall, 24 yards on touchdown. Tyler Cornikin, 33 yards. For the Dolphins, they're now eight and three. But looking at this game, there are some concerns about this Dolphin team. They have a tendency to, even though they put up a lot of points, they have a tendency to. Give the ball away. Now, today it didn't cost them because the Jets don't have an offense that's that can't even scare a high school team. But when they get into the big games and they especially playoff games, they can't afford to be losing fumbles and, and two are throwing, you know, stupid interceptions. So we need to watch for that. But of course, this was a team that had a losing record, and the Dolphins. I've only got one win versus a team over 500. But if they're going to start beating teams over 500, they got to learn to take care of the ball better. For the Jets, there's there's really not much to say. I mean, the the defense is being wasted again. They did everything possible to keep the Jets in the game. And I I believe what was demoralized is when they got that interception. At toward the end of the at toward the end of the first half, and then Tim Boyle throws a hail mary, which got intercepted and was turned into a pick six. I believe that was the that was demoralizing for the Jets, and the defense just gotta just gotta keep shaking their head and thinking when are our efforts are gonna are gonna stop being wasted and produce wins. Now yeah. it may not be till 2024. see what happens going forward now let's move on to what i believe are the best games of week 12 in the nfl we're going to start off with jacksonville versus the houston texans this is a division game and this game could determine who wins this division now when the season first started i I thought this was jacksonville's division to win because i didn't think nobody nobody was expecting the texans to be six and four Figure first year head coach, D'Amico Mayans, new quarterback, new scheme. It would take some some time, but they're not, they're not, not have a winning record and they may have a chance to steal this division. And of course, Jacksonville is going to be looking to avenge that earlier season loss to the Texans when they beat them by 20 in Jacksonville. Now they're coming to Houston. And this matchup, I believe, is going to come down to the quarterback. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's been playing good ball this season, but so has CJ Stroud, who's already the rookie of the year, in my opinion. You might as well just go ahead and just give it to him. So, it's going to be up. so I believe this game is going to come— I don't think this game is going to be a 20-point victory like last time. I think Jacksonville is going to come out, and they're going to play hard. I think both of these defense, they are both a little suspect for the, for, the, for the most part. But I believe in the end, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take um the Texans to, to, to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars again. I'm trusting my guy, D'Amico Ryans to be able to, to do it again versus um Trevor Lawrence and company. And I believe CJ Stroud will make the plays needed to propel them to a, I'm going to say, 27-23 victory. Now let's move on to Cleveland versus Denver. Now I know on paper this doesn't look like, you know, a big time game. But hear me out here. The Denver Broncos seem to have gotten their footing. The The only thing I would say is, I think that, um... Sean Payton needs to trust Russell Wilson a lot more. I mean, Russell Wilson seems to be be slowly but surely getting back to the Russell Wilson we've known for the past decade. The defense for the Broncos has actually been instrumental in this four game winning streak. I mean, this is the same team that, that that allowed 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. the Cleveland Browns coming in with a defense of their own probably one of the top five defenses in the NFL now of course the quarterback play is going to be it's going to be something that the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns are going to need so it looks like Darion Thomas Robinson is going to be starting again so he's going to have to play a lot better in this game if, the, if they're going to, if the Cleveland Browns are going to win this one but in this game, I think I'm going to go with the Broncos here because I think the way the Broncos' defense has been playing and I can't really say I trust the um, Browns' offense right now. I mean, Darion Thompson-Robinson did okay, did enough, but I think Denver's defense is playing at a high level. And I think, you know, Russell Wilson will work some run his Russell Wilson magic again. And I think they will pull out which I don't think this will be a high-scoring game because I think both defenses are going to play well. But I believe Russell Wilson takes them down the field and they kick the game-winning field goal. And I think they win this game, I'm going to say, 20-17. to 17. Now let's move on to probably the game of, of the week. And that's the Buffalo Bills versus the Philadelphia Eagles. This is going to be a big-time matchup. The Eagles are looking, looking to not only maintain their lead in the East, but also to maintain that number one spot. Buffalo is looking to um, try to get um, keep winning and hope to keep the pressure on the Miami Dolphins for the AFC East. Last week, the Buffalo Bills did bounce back, but of course, that was the Jets, so... I don't look at that as much. But they did. But however, they did bounce back. And they're going to they're need a win here. I think for the Buffalo Bills, the margin of error is very small. Because after this matchup, here's what they have. They have the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins to close it out. So that's not going to be easy. And if they wanna keep up with the Dolphins, they have to to win the the rest of the way. And the Eagles, of course, to keep that number one spot, they're gonna have to to keep winning the rest of the way as well. While I think there's gonna be some great quarterback play out of Josh Allen and out of um, Jalen Hurts, I believe that the Eagles defense are gonna cost Josh Allen turn the ball over a couple of times, and I believe that's gonna be the difference in this game. The only way I see the Eagles losing this game is if Jalen Hurts turned the ball over at crucial times. Now Buffalo, their defense isn't what it once was, but it, it, it can be a good defense. And Eagles have been known to um, turn the ball over. Luckily for them, except for the game, they've, the only game that they lost this season, it hasn't cost them. But I believe the Buffalo Bills turnovers are going to cost them in this game. I look for them to turn over Josh Allen at least twice in this one. So in the end, I'm going to go with the Eagles to win a, win this game, 27 to 23. And finally, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens versus the Chargers. Now, I know the Chargers have been struggling, but this is a must-win for them. Usually when teams are in must-win mode, they come out and play. The only problem is this. Their pass defense is atrocious. And there's, there's no excuse for that. You have Asante Samuels Jr. and you have Doran James back there in your secondary, and you're one of the worst um, pass defenses in the NFL, make it make sense. So I look for Lamar Jackson and company to have a field day. Now, there's a good chance Odell Beckham, he has a game-time decision, and Zay Flowers is going to be back. But this is one that I think Lamar Jackson should most likely have one of his best days as a passer. Well, I think um, Justin Herbert and company keep them in this game I believe the Ravens will do away with them late third into the fourth quarter. So I'm going to go with the Ravens to win this game 31-20. Now that will conclude my NFL segment. Now let's move to college football. This Saturday is Rivalry Saturday. Now looking at, of course, the slate... I mean, a lot of some of these games you got to be thinking, hmm. But of course, during the you know rivalry Saturday, you know, no matter what the records are, when the rivals come, most most of the time they turn out to be better games than not. Let's just start with the biggest one: Ohio State versus Michigan. Now, of course, not are battling to play in the um. Big Ten Championship the following Saturday. You're also playing for a spot in the college football playoff. Both of these teams are 11-0. And And the loser is most likely going to be out of the playoff picture, barring other um, teams. Now, of course, Michigan is not going to be without Jim Harbaugh Who's still serving that suspension? Both of these, I mean, both of these teams are pretty good at running the football, and both have pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, JJ McCarthy having a big year—you know, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. On Ohio, on the, on the Ohio State um, sideline, you have. You have Kyle McCord, who's got 22 touchdowns and four interceptions. But, of course, Ohio State has probably the most unstoppable wide receiver in college football, Marvin Harrison Jr. Probably definitely going to be the first um, receiver taken off the board in next year's draft. This game, I believe, is going to come down to the defenses. Which defense can make 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 the make the, um, the most stops and win the turnover battle. This game is gonna be played at Michigan. So, of course, they got the home crowd. But I believe Ohio State's more battle-tested than Michigan this year. Michigan really hasn't been, up until they played Penn State, they really haven't played any um, teams or haven't had any scares. Where if you look at Ohio State's schedule, I mean, they played Penn State, they played Notre Dame, which they won at, at the very end. So I believe they're more battle-tested than, 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 not, than Michigan is. So I think it's going to be an excellent game. But I believe Ohio State goes into Michigan and win this game 34-31. to 31. Now let's go to the Iron Bowl. I'm talking... Auburn versus Alabama. Now, could this be one of those years? Because it seemed like once every three years, Auburn just happens so to come up and knock Alabama off. I mean, Auburn's six and five this year. They haven't they haven't been they've been, they've no. they have nowhere been the team that they have been in recent years. But again, like I say, these rivalry games. Even these teams with losing records, they come to play. But for them to pull off this upset, they're gonna have to um, turn um, Jalen Milroar into the Jalen Milroar of wow. earlier this season, not the guy who's, in, who's been playing lights out. The last, I mean, in the, starting in the middle of the season and getting toward the end, they they're, they're gonna need they're gonna need everything to go right for them. And, you know, Alabama is looking not only to, um, I mean, they're going to be in the the, um, SEC championship, so nothing to see there. But they're trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. And, of course, they're playing in Auburn. So, all I'm going to say is, as 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 I said earlier, usually once every three years, they there's a lightning lightning light strikes, and they just come in here and, and shock Alabama. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think Alabama will win this game pretty soundly, but it'll happen in the second half. So I'm going to go with Alabama to win this game 34-17. to Now, I'll, I'll go with one more game. I'm going to go with the one in my home state of South Carolina, known as the Palmetto Bowl. Clemson versus South Carolina. Now, of course, South Carolina and both Clemson and South Carolina haven't had a great year this year. Clemson is 7-4. and four. That's, that's way be- below the standard that Dabo Sweeney has set for this team over the past decade. South Carolina, they were looking to have a better year than they have, but they haven't been great I mean, they've won, the, they've won their last three games born against, you know, weak competition. But when it came to the big games, they have not been good. Now, of course, this game's going to be played in Columbia, South Carolina. Last year, Carolina went into Clemson and upset the Clemson Tigers. So I'm going to say that I think Clemson comes back and I get the, I think they get their revenge. I think this will be a hard fought game. But I believe Clemson is the better team in this one. So I think I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. But I believe this game I think Clemson pulls this one out. I'm going to say 24 to 20. And one more game that's going to be coming on here soon. I'm going to go let me, let me go ahead and analyze this game, and that's Oregon versus Oregon State. The reason I'm going with this game is, I have to admit, I was a little impressed watching Oregon, how they gave Washington all they could handle, only to come up short. But they're playing the Oregon Ducks, their um, cross-town rival. And Oregon is, Oregon State, is gonna be looking to spoil Oregon. Now, chances are that that's not going to keep them from playing in the Pac-12 Championship, but still, the fact that they get bragging rights will mean a lot. While I think the um, Oregon State is going to hang, is going to hang tough, I think they're going to give Oregon all they can handle. But Bo Nix and company, I think, it will be just a tad bit too much for them. So I'm going to say. Strong first half, but in the end, I think Oregon wins this rivalry game. I'm going to go, say, 38-24. to Now, that will conclude the college football segment, and this will include episode 195 of Sports Takes Galore. I'm your gracious and humble host, Gabe. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for downloading. I appreciate it very much. You can follow this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you stream your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at GGSports13, and you can follow my Facebook page with Gabe. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, downloading. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the games, and I'll talk to you again on Tuesday.